Hi, I'm Aaron Kirkpatrick. I'm Josh Siegel. And welcome to The Flother. Today is Tuesday, March 24th, and today it is just me and Josh. Yoni and Sammy can't make it, so Josh and I will be doing a special episode on college basketball. And we're going to make this a series. We're going to do this once a week. So obviously there's no March Madness this year. So ESPN instead gave us a bracket of the 64 greatest college basketball players of all time with their seeding. And each week we're going to do a region until we ultimately get to the final four. So this week we're starting off with the West region. Um, And just a couple things. There are both men and women in this bracket. So... I'm going to try, I don't know how you did it, but I'm going to try to judge them for how they were in comparison to their competition. Yeah, that's what I went um, for. This will give men the advantage usually because there's way more parity in men's basketball than women's basketball. Um, but that that's what's going to wind up happening, but we're trying to judge them on an equal playing field. Yeah. Um, also... I don't know how you did it, but I'm going to use stats more as something to prove that someone was good rather than to compare two people necessarily Um, because college basketball has changed so much. Basketball in general has changed. It's hard to judge one player's play. I mean, college basketball even more so than the NBA because if you look at the 50s and 60s, it's more similar where – you know, the pace was just so much faster, so numbers are going to be inflated, right? It's true in both exactly. leagues. But then in college basketball, their um, shot clock has gone from 45 to 35 to 30. The three-point line has moved back multiple times. Different leagues had three-point lines, and the three-point line wasn't universal until 1986, so that can skew numbers. And what is actually, I think, the golden age of college basketball, 1979 to 1993, is when some of the stats are the least impressive. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind when there could be times when we pick a player averaging 18 points a game over a player averaging 30 points a game. Exactly. So um, do you want me to introduce the matchups? Sure. You can just read through the bracket. So for the Western region, our first matchup, is Lou Alcindor, also known as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, versus Simone Augustus. That's the 116. The 2 versus 15 matchup is Diana Taurasi versus Chris Jackson. Later known as Mahmoud Abdul-Rayouf. Thank you. Our 3 versus 14 matchup is Oscar Robertson, the Big O, versus Bill Bradley. 4 versus 13 is Anthony Davis versus Jerry West. Five, Tyler Hansbrough versus 12, Lisa Leslie. Six, Kemba Walker versus 11, Marcus Camby. Seven, Akeem Olajuwon versus 10, Dwayne Wade. And eight, Sue Bird versus Shaquille O'Neal. Before okay. we get into anything, Josh, I just yeah. kind of find it interesting is there's something like three or four LSU players in this region alone. Yeah, it. Also, there are three players who converted to Islam and their NBA names were different. I found that. Yeah. I thought, I, I, they seem to. Ha- Akeem became Hakeem and Chris Jackson became Mahmoud Abdul Rayouf. They seem to be packing players in yeah. certain regions. 
So let's get started off with the one verse 16, Luel Sindor, Simone Augustus. I assume this won't need much discussion. Kareem. Um, yeah, Luel Sindor, one of the more dominant players ever in college basketball. Simone Augustus, great career at LSU, great women's player, but really no competition. So I just think moving- one, one thing going forward that I really focused on was the national championships. Yeah. I think it's hard to make an argument for someone to be the best college basketball player of all time if they didn't even win a national championship. I agree. So we now we have our eight seed Super versus our nine seed Shaq. Um, you want to start this one off? Yeah. Um, so I this was hard for me because I love Sue Bird. I loved watching her play in the WNBA, but obviously we weren't alive for either of their. Uh, college careers I ended up going with Shaquille O'Neal I think statistically what he did and how he dominated the time he was in is just crazy Um, I think what's also crazy is, is and maybe it's the difference between men's basketball versus women's basketball and maybe I have to correct that for the rest of my picks but Sue Bird didn't win uh, the Naismith Award until she was a senior. And I just feel like it's not as impressive. Like, don't get me wrong, it's impressive to win the Naismith Award. But winning it as a senior, in my opinion, isn't as crazy because you're developed. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. That's just something that I really yeah. keyed in on personally. So I agreed. I went with Shaq. The highlights of Shaq in college are sort of crazy to watch. If any of you have free time, which you all do right now, I highly recommend because at that point, this wasn't 300, 325 pound Shaq. This was a slimmer Shaq who could legitimately run the floor and lead the fast break. And he was a 7-1 guy going coast to coast his junior year or his sophomore year when he won player of the year. He averaged 27.6 and 14.7. And the only reason his numbers weren't as good as junior year was because teams legitimately started hack-a-shacking. That's basically where it started at LSU. And he has said he wanted to stay for the senior year, but his coach told him he had to get out of college because all the, all the times people just smacked him was going to break down his body before he even got to the NBA. Yeah. Um, but he didn't play on very good LSU teams and made them nationally relevant, which is hard to do with LSU basketball. Um, so I agree that. It's hey, they've been relevant the past two years. Somewhat relevant. Nas um, Reed, baby. Yeah. Skylar Mays, Tremont Waters, the nice game winner against Maryland last year. But, Don't talk about it. Um, yeah. Well, I, I have thoughts on a different LSU basketball player who is criminally underseated in a different region, which we'll get to in another podcast. So now... For now, we have Tyler Hansborough and Lisa Leslie. Um, I started out with picking Tyler Hansbrough. Um, What really stood out to me is obviously the fact that he still is the ACC's leading scorer. But I think Lisa Leslie, what she... I think... I'm going to go back and forth on my thing here, now that I'm thinking out loud about it. The fact that Lisa Leslie only took... Uh, her team to the Elite Eight twice out of her four tournament appearances and never won the tournament has actually reflipped me and I'm 
back to Tyler Hansbrough. This was one of the harder ones for me. I went Hansbrough, Leslie, Hansbrough, Leslie, and I'm going to stick with Hansbrough. So this one was actually pretty easy for me. Um, Hansborough's senior year was 2008-2009, and that's the first year I started really watching college basketball. And as a Duke fan, one of the first things I was taught was fuck Tyler Hansborough um, because that guy was dominant and incredible to watch. The accolades speak for themselves. Consensus National Player of the Year, four-time All-American, three-time first-team All-American, four-time first-team All-ACC. He won ACC Player of the Year all-time leading scorer for the ACC, and was the best player on the 2009 Carolina team, which is, in my opinion, one of the more underrated college basketball teams, one of the best college basketball teams in the last 20 or 30 years. He is an absolute Carolina legend. I think you can make an argument that, in terms of college, he's the best Carolina player ever. I think there's a strong argument for it. I um, think him being a five is Josh, very underseated. Josh. Yeah? MJ went to UNC. Right, MJ played for three years and was not the best player on the team that won the championship. Tyler, I think you can make a very strong argument that Tyler Hansborough had a better college career than MJ. Okay. Um, that can be a conversation for another time. Uh, fun little anecdote about Tyler Hansborough. You all know where he is currently playing? Where? The Sichuan Blue Whales in China. That's very satisfying. Because he, he went Pacers, Raptors, Hornets, Mad Ants, Guangzhou, Long Lions, Zhejiang, Golden Bulls, and Sichuan Blue Whales. So but can we keep him over there and away from America? Because fuck Tyler Hansborough. Like, I just spent a minute ranting about how great he was, but I despise him. If anyone wants to see my favorite video of Tyler Hansborough, look up Gerald Henderson, Tyler Hansborough 2007. Um, and that will tell you everything I need to, that you need to know about how I, whether I like Tyler Hansborough or not. Um, but moving on to the next matchup, four seed Anthony Davis versus 13 seed Jerry West. Uh, I'll let you take this one to start. So this was the first upset I had. Um, same here. I just had a hard time going beyond the fact that Anthony Davis only played one year in college. Um, and nothing against Anthony Davis. If we were doing best seasons in college basketball history, he would beat anything Jerry West ever did. Oh, definitely, um, without a doubt. Anthony Davis's 2012 season was one of the more dominant college basketball seasons I've ever seen. I think the only person who can rival what Anthony Davis did that year in terms of how dominant they were in college was Zion last year. Mm-hmm. But the 2012 Kentucky team was just... Uh, great train running over everyone. I mean, everyone knew they were going to win the championship. When they lost a game, it was a big deal. They only lost two all year. Yeah. And Anthony Davis's numbers were incredible. At the same time, he only played for one year. Jerry West played for three years, was a three-time All-American, two-time first-team All-American. His junior year, he basically single-handedly brought West Virginia through the tournament. He said he set the record for most points scored in the tournament at the time, averaging 32 a game in the tournament. He won the final four of most outstanding player, even though his team lost by one point in the championship game. And as a guard, his senior year, he had 29.3 points and 16.5 rebounds as a guard. Yeah. And even though he played 60 years ago, still owns the majority of West Virginia's records. So I think at the end of the day, because of the the fact that he played for three years in college, rather and did than so one, much. Yeah, I think it has to be Jerry West. 
I think it's kind of funny that he did win Most Valuable Player in the Final Four without winning at all. I think that kind of alludes to his future career in the NBA. Yeah, and that also happened more often then because there was a third-place consolation game. So no matter what, everyone played two games in the Final Four. Oh, they should bring that back. I don't know if they should. I wouldn't watch it. I don't know. They have it in the World Cup for soccer, and I love getting to watch one more game, personally. Um, But yeah, also, for those of you wondering, the reason Jerry West played three years, even though I mentioned his senior year, was because at the time this rule was lifted at some point in the 70s, freshmen were not allowed to play. Colleges had separate freshman teams, and a player's career lasted three years from their sophomore year through their senior year. I didn't even know that one. Um, So moving on to our next matchup, six-seed Kemba Walker versus 11-seed Marcus Camby. For me, I just when I think of Kemba, I think of the pit game cardiac Kemba. But I think what's kind of overstated is the fact that if you do look at his like career and stuff, he did win the national championship. But that might have been one of the saddest national championship games ever. Like I I think it's hard he ended up winning it, and they had to go on that crazy streak to get – it was 11 consecutive wins to mm-hmm. even get to the national championship and win it all. But for me, it really is hard to get behind him after the performance that was put on in the national championship game. I'm not sure where you felt. I just felt looking at Camby as well, I just think – I think the fact that he was able to still bring his team to the final four, I think it still shows a excuse me, still shows a lot comparatively to Kemba's run. So this wasn't hard for me. I actually went with Kemba um for a couple of reasons. First, they both basically had one dominant year in college. Kemba won a national championship, Camby lost in the final four. Mm-hmm. Second, I am gonna demerit Marcus Camby because His coach was John Calipari, and when you have John Calipari, that means you have a scandal, which means Marcus Camby accepted money and had the Final Four vacated. Um, And lastly, I really don't think you're giving enough credit to the run that Kemba went on with those 11 straight wins, including the five wins in five days, the Big East tournament, and then six straight for the tournament. I mean, throughout that run, his point total is... 26, 28, 24, 33, 19, 18, 33, 36, 20, 18, 16. And over those mm-hmm. 11 games, he averaged nearly 25 points a game, which for college basketball is the equivalent of like 30 to 35 in the NBA with both the amount of time in a game and the pace. Um, he was a first-team All-American, and he. fact of the matter is he put his team on his back and won a national championship. And, I mean, last year's Raptors-Sixers game was 92-90, and it was a disgusting basketball game. But Kawhi was still the best player on the floor and won the game for them. And that's what happened with Kemba. I, re- I really don't know if we're ever going to see something similar to that run he brought his team on. So That's fair. That's why I went with him. Yeah, I'm looking at that uh, UConn team from the 2011-2012 roster. It's 2010-2011. Oh, my bad. I was looking at that's. I thought it was the wrong year because mm-hmm. it was. I was looking and I was like, 
I don't remember Andre Drummond being on the team. Yeah, he was there the next year. Oh, that would have been fun to see them play together in college. Yeah. But no, he had talent with him. He had Shabazz Napier Jeremy and Lamb. Jeremy Lamb. Yeah. Um, Shabazz Napier was a freshman. Jeremy Lamb was either a freshman or sophomore. He was a mm. freshman as well. Yeah. So, I mean, these are still freshmen who Shabazz stayed four years. He had his own run. Um, mm-hmm. But that was Kemba's team. Kemba dominated. He had multiple 30-point games to eke out close wins. And I just vividly remember watching that run and just knowing that he was the best player on the floor and it wasn't close and that this was something we were going to remember in college basketball. Okay. You know, I think you've got me flipped on that one. Okay. I didn't realize about the Camby with the uh, money and Calipari. Yeah. Um, So next we have the big go, Oscar Robertson versus Bill Bradley. Um, Bill Bradley, future senator, president, presidential candidate. Um, really? Yeah. But huh. for now, he's chilling as a basketball player. So props to Bill Bradley because he brought Princeton to the Final Four, um, which is a hard thing to do. There's a very famous game of in a holiday classic, him and Kazzy Russell of Michigan just going back and forth. He's a two-time first-team All-American, had a great college career, but at the end of the day, it doesn't compare to Oscar Robertson. Yeah. I mean... No. That's what I had, too. Oscar Robertson led the NCAA in scoring all three years, averaged 33.8 points per game for his career, is a three-time All-American, three-time National Player of the Year, made two Final Fours, and left college as the all-time leading scorer. I mean, it's just hard to compare with that resume. It is. I think had Bill Bradley been put up against someone else, um, he might have stacked up there because he did carry Princeton, of all colleges, to the Final Four. I liked him a lot because he originally accepted a scholarship at Duke and then changed his mind. So anyone who gets a chance to screw over Duke makes me happy. But we got Art Heyman instead of Bill Bradley, which was a good trade-off. Yeah. So it's yes. okay. But still, they screwed over Duke. Yeah. At the end of the day. Um so next but, so that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Next we have seven ten matchup, Akeem Elijah versus Dwayne Wade. And I think we both Without agree the hardest one. that this is the hardest one. And I still haven't quite made my mind up. Um so I'm gonna uh, let you go first. I have no way to it's hard the hardest part for me to decide was the fact that neither of them won a national championship. Right? Yeah. So then I looked, at least Elijah Wan made it to back-to-back national title games. So, like... But at the same time, he choked in those games. I mean, 1983, they were a heavy, heavy favorite. Elijah Wan played on the dominant five-slam and jamma Houston teams. His college teammate was Clyde Drexler. Yeah. Um, So that's what I looked at first. And then... But then what I looked at was what Wade put up, the fact that he did put up a triple-double in the Elite, in the Elite eight. eight. Like, yeah. that, it's, hard, it's hard to put up a triple-double in college. Yeah. There's not that much time. Like, how, you probably don't play all 40 minutes. At the same time, Hakeem averaged 16.8 points, 13.5 rebounds, and 5.6 blocks his senior year, or junior yeah. year, which is just... 
insane. Yeah, I mean, 5.6 blocks. It was just... And the outlet passes he would make for that Houston team. I feel like I'm more leading Hakeem because he had more of a multi-year run of dominance. And he left college as the consensus best player best player coming in, whereas Wade didn't. Um, now, part of that is because Wade was in a draft cast class with LeBron James, but Akeem was in a draft class with Michael Jordan, and he was still the consensus number one pick at the time. And people still don't really blame the Rockets for that pick because of how dominant Akeem was in college. So I think I'm leaning Akeem. Yeah. It's hard not to lean Akeem. For me, it's hard to go against Wade being a Miami fan. Like, Obviously, this isn't Miami Wade yet, but we love him. Yeah. Um, I did just look it up. Dwayne Wade played 35 minutes in his triple-double game. Which, I mean, is what they would need. I mean, it's Marquette versus Kentucky. Yeah. It's crazy to look up his team that surrounded him. Yeah, I, was... I honestly can't name any yeah, of these guys. Yeah, I mean, it's big, big props to Dwayne Wade for carrying that Marquette team, which at the time was in Conference USA, to the Final yeah. Four. But... I think I'm going to give a slight edge to Hakeem. I, I think at the end of the day, Hakeem does deserve that slight edge, but it still pains me to say so. Yeah. So I think we're on to our last one, right? Of the first round, yes. We have 2-seed Diana Ra- Taurasi versus 15-seed Chris Jackson. Player to be Mahmoud abdul Rahman. Yeah. So Chris Jackson, great college career, averaged 30.2 points as a freshman, 27.8 as a sophomore, two-time first-team All-American, and left for the NBA. At the end of the day, Diana Taurasi is arguably the greatest women's basketball player of all time. Thank you. Um, She's a three-time NCAA champion, a two-time Most Outstanding Player of the NCAA Tournament, Naismith Player of the Year, and is just one of the pioneers in women's basketball. So for me, this one wasn't very close. Okay, so we're agreed on that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I I just didn't think that Jackson did enough to even like make it a conversation where he possibly yeah. ekes her out. I mean he's it's kind of like Bill Bradley in a way where it's like mm. they both just hear me out here before you make that noise, where they both did great things, but just mm. it wasn't that great in yeah. comparison to what everyone right. else did. Yeah, I would say I'm even more I would say I would think even Bill Bradley is better because he brought his team to the final four. Yeah. Um, so I think it's hard and going forward, it's definitely something that we'll have to consider when we're doing the rest of the series is how far did you bring your team in yeah. March Madness? So I think we have the same second round right now. We have one seed Lou Alcindor versus nine seed Shaquille O'Neal, five seed Tyler Hansborough versus 13 seed Jerry West. Um, six seed Kemba Walker versus third seed Oscar Robertson and two or seven seed Akeem Olajuwon versus two seed Diana Taurasi. Yeah. So let's get back to the top of the bracket. Lou Alcindor versus Shaq. Um, I don't think, still don't think it's very close. Yeah. Um, I think it's hard to really argue for Shaq in this set. Yeah. It's Lou Alcindor. Um, yeah. So okay, moving great. on Tyler Hansborough versus Jerry West. Where do you go with this? It is hard. I think what I didn't think about coming in about Tyler Hansbrough, but you definitely made me think, was he was the best player on the 2009 title game 
and he could arguably be the best Carolina player all time is kind of what's eking me towards Hansbro. But I don't know what's more impressive if Jerry West's accolades still remain at West Virginia or the fact that Hansbro is still the ACC's leading career scorer. I'm currently leaning towards that because I think it's easier to defend a title or not a title, an award for one school versus an entire conference. Yeah. I, I Once again, this wasn't hard for me. Um, I think Tyler Hansborough takes it over Jerry West. First off, he played an extra year. But the fact of the matter is that Tyler Hansborough was dominant for his entire college career, and he is a thoroughly college player. I mean, he was a four-time All-American, which is not something you see today because people leave after they're a one-time All-American. After yeah. his junior year, him and Ty Lawson were being told by everyone to leave for the NBA. They had just had a great year, disappointing 18-point loss to Kansas in the Final Four. But they all decided to come back because they wanted to win a national championship. And they came back and did it. And as much as I despise Tyler Hansborough with every fiber in my body, part of the Duke-Carolina yep. rivalry is respect. And I have a lot of respect for Tyler Hansborough. Would you say you have utmost respect for Tyler Hansborough? I would. Um, I would say I would also, like I said earlier, like to elbow him in the face like Gerald Henderson did. Um, please look up that video. It will make me happy if you guys do it. Um, but, yeah, at the end of the day, it's Tyler Hansborough. Got it. A uh, quick side modern-day college basketball note. I don't know if you saw, but Tyrese Halliburton of Iowa State has committed for the NBA draft today. That's not a surprise. He'll be a top 10 pick. Yeah. And we'll break that down in our mock draft, Mm -hmm. but it's now official. Yeah. So next we have third seed Oscar Robertson versus sixth seed Kemba Walker. I I feel like it's hard to put Kemba here. Yeah, I agree. I mean... Okay. Like, I don't want to be that guy who's always picking the higher seed. But in this case, it's just... Yeah, I don't. They both had three year careers. Kemba won a national championship, but he really had one great year. And that doesn't and trump the dominance Oscar Robertson had of three, three years. years. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Next. So we're on the same page. Diana Tarasi versus Akeem Olajuwon. I had Tarasi here. Yeah, me too. Um, I think the fact that Hakeem Olajuwon barely made it out past the 10 seed, Dwayne yeah. Wade. Uh, speaks for itself. And yeah, and once again, on top of everything else, Santa Tarasi dominated women's college basketball, and Akeem Olajuwon probably he was not the best center at the time in college basketball at any point during his career. Um, I mean, at yeah. the first, for the first part, it was Ralph Sampson, then it was Patrick Ewing. Um, so now our um, in our regional semifinal, we have one seed Lou Elsendor versus five seed Tyler Hansborough. Three seed Oscar Robertson versus two seed Diana Taurasi. Which one? I feel like Taurasi versus Robertson is going to be the harder. Yeah. One. So can we start off by agreeing that it's Lou Alcindor? Yeah. It's again. It, it Lou Alcindor just yeah. three national titles. They eighty-eight and two yeah. during his three seasons. They, they banned dunking in college basketball because he was so dumb. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, it's the num- the numbers are just absurd, and we'll get to those more in the Elite Eight. Um, yeah. But so Tarasi versus Robertson. I haven't made my mind up on this one yet. Neither have I, 
because I think so. Tarasi. Oh God, this is so hard. I think the thing that's hard with it is even though Tarasi played fifty years later, or forty or fifty years later than Oscar Robertson. Um, mm-hmm. it's actually very similar in the sense that they were both playing against diluted playing fields because the fact of the matter is the parity in women's college basketball, the level of competition is very similar to yeah. the lack of parity that there was at the time of Oscar Robertson. Though, to be fair, within the past couple of years, there has been a bit more A little parody. bit more. Um, I think, but definitely I think at the time, like at the time of Diana Taurasi, it was just UConn, you know? Yeah. And, but then, so... And... Oscar Robertson has significantly better numbers than her, but she and more accolades than her, but she has the national championships. And I think in this case, the national championships do trump the stats. Yeah. So the question is, though, how impressive are the national championships because of the diluted playing field? Well, she was she was arguably the best player. Yeah. On the championship teams. She won the Naismith Award twice and the Most Outstanding Player Award twice. So two accolades that Robertson does not have. Mm-hmm. It's hard. All right, I'll, get, I'll give it to her because Robertson made the Final Four twice and couldn't do it. Okay, that's fair. I, th- I think that's where I'm standing. Again, I think it's just so hard it's men's versus women's basketball. It's two different times. It, yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Especially with Oscar Robertson averaging in his first season, 35 and 15. Yeah. Like, um, but at the same time, Jerry West was averaging 16 and a half rebounds a game. So, yeah. I mean, but he retired as the all time leading or left as the all time leading scorer. I feel like we have to go to Tarasi on this one. I agree. I feel like this. I feel like if we're going past stats and championships, impact of play. Yeah. All right. Ultimately, I'm going to go Tarasi because when I think of like women's basketball, Mount Rushmore, she's going to be there. The Big O's not going to be there for college men's basketball. Okay. So we're going on yeah. that one. Now, Lou Alcindor versus Diana Tarasi. Right. Diana Tarasi's had a great run, but this is where it ends. Yep. Um, okay. I mean, we both agree. Just Lou Alcindor, just look up highlights of him in college. It's just incredible. The numbers, he averaged 26.4, 15.5 for his career. His first year, he averaged 29 and 15 and a half. He was on some of the most dominant teams ever. Um, yeah. I, I just, like I said, they literally banned Duncan to try to stop him because yeah. he was so good. Um, and I don't want to spoil the rest of our podcast and stuff, but I think it's going to be hard for anyone to beat him. It will be hard for them to beat him, but I, I, I'm not revealing who I'm going to have winning. Um, but it will be a, I I can, I can have a guess, but I'm not going to say yet. We'll we'll save that. I think a lot of our listeners have a guess if they know me that I, I think if we just listed all the one seeds that are available. Yeah, it's. If you know me, you know who I'm going to have winning, but we're not going to spoil any of that. Um, so it's a good pod. Um, we'll be back, you know, maybe next week, maybe next few days. We haven't really decided, but 
we're going to be doing one region of pod like today. It'll be about this length, about a half hour. Um, yeah, so just for the West region, we have Lou Alcindor coming out. Um, anything else you want to say, KP? Um, we hope you guys enjoy this. We know it's mm-hmm. different without Yoni and Sammy mm-hmm. being here, but uh, Sammy will be back later mm-hmm. for our next pod, and um, Yoni will mm-hmm. be back as soon as he's feeling healthy. Yeah. Until then, uh, stay safe and uh, stay loyal.